Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. We have another win to talk about, and guess what? Sunderland are top of the league, and tragically, that's the first time we've been able to say that since they were relegated back down to the third tier in 2018. So we're going to talk about the Wickham game. We're also going to just have a little bit of a uh, summary and a little bit of a discussion about where we are now. I know we're only five games in, but we've got an international break coming up, so it seems like a good time to do that. Joining myself, uh, Stephen Goals for tonight. We've got Gareth Barker back. Back, have you been away? I don't, I don't know why I said no. that. You haven't? No. You are back technically because you haven't been here since last week. So, yeah. <laughs> is, that how gonna, is that how it's the gradient of back? Yeah, well, I'm just, just what I'm trying to work with at the moment, to be honest. Um, even my starts are getting worse and worse. You wouldn't think I've been doing this for however many years it is. Um, that's where it is too, too well, familiar, yeah, too easy, too. too Complacent. Too comfortable, yeah. Complacency. Yeah, should go back to scripting, like in the early days. Mm, and no. I was like, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> but that opinions. was the zone I was in when you do bulletins. You're like, no, everything needs to be scripted and all the intros and everything yeah. and bulletins. Well, don't bother doing that. Try and make it sound national. So just mumble on. Um, we've got a first appearance uh, on the Wise Men Say podcast for Brad Sharp. You okay, Brad? Yeah, not so bad. Steve, how are you doing? Doing very well, thanks. Good to have you. Good to have you with us. Yeah, for the first time, us. no problem at all. Um, you, how long have you been going to the matches, Brad? Uh, I got my first season ticket the year the stadium was born, uh, born, made, built. Well, kind of born. Same uh, thing is born. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is a living, breathing thing when people. Are um, and since then, I've, I've that's it. Never looked back, really. Okay, you're gonna make us feel really old. How old were you then? Uh, I was eight. Well, not too bad, but still mm, young enough. Yeah, still younger than us. Oh, well. uh, how old was I? About 13, I think I was. When uh, I, was I was 16. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was the summer I left school. So I'll always remember that. Big changes all around, right? <laughs> okay. So, Sullen 3, Wigan 1. Um, good start of the season. Top of the league for the first time. It is it's tragic when you say that like that, isn't it? But uh, good start by Wigan in this game. Uh, it's not, not something... You know, that's new, is it? Seeing teams come and throw everything at us. And I think they always hope for it to nick an early goal, maybe try and get the, the home crowd turn. You just need whether they storm Scarfell, don't you? And we did that. We did it. <clears throat> I think this is, they did this last time when we beat them 4 0. I'm sure they had like a bit of a start. And then once we got the first goal, it was kind of steamrolled them a bit. Um, but it's not. I mean, it's not just Wickham, is it? Since we've been down here, it's been like a really common theme, like you say, where teams will come and they'll just give absolutely everything they can, mm. see if they can get something and then hang on to it, where, you know, they didn't. And then we the goal was against run a play, really. Um, and then after, obviously, we got the second. Shortly afterwards, it was... Well, I know the lads touched on it in the reaction, but like if we'd got the third, of, you know, before half-time, you know, we you could have been looking at you know, a route really, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, were you never really concerned either, Brad, with a, with a little 10 minutes, 15 minutes of Wickham hard? Because even, even Gareth Ainsworth came out afterwards, didn't he, and said, you know, they, they, they just didn't have really have enough shots or enough or enough efforts to, to capitalise on that. So we have become yeah, used to it, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, like, like we just said there, we started a little bit slow. But fair play to Wickham, they actually looked all right. First 10, 15. Um, but like you said, once we've got that goal, I don't think we look back at all. Um, they are one of the better teams, mean... aren't they? You know, they are one of the better teams. And, and we'll, we'll talk in the second half, we'll talk about the, the start that we've had and, and look back at like 
previous years and something uh, and 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 stuff. But um, you know, goes without saying, the turning point was was the goal because we hadn't really done anything before that. And yet your man's on the spot again, Gareth. Your mm. love love affair continues to grow. Well, I think I'm not the only one now. No, you're not. No. Um, no, I just you know when he came, he was raw. Like in the first, like last year, but he looked, you know, they had something a bit about him. It was only that we had that Plymouth game where you saw the real player. I think I think said before, like just because he's tall doesn't mean you have to like lump the ball onto his head. And I think that was the problem because we had he was like a point of difference with White, and it felt as though like what we're going to do is get the ball forward quickly to Stewart to try and sort of bring White into the game. Um, now he's kind of the main man up front in his own. As we saw in that Plymouth game um, last year, it's been more like that, but it just looks leaner than he did last year. He just, you know, he looks fitter, sharp, and he, you know, he. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because when you're in the third division, it's like, how good are how good is a player if they play in the third tier? So. That's a difficult, it's a difficult thing to assess, but at the same time, of the forwards that we've had since we've been down here, you'd definitely put him more in the magic bracket, like from what you've seen there in terms of his technical ability, um, you know, his awareness of the game, the way, you know, he's always, he, he rarely seems to make a bad decision. Um, he's just... got that, he's got an ability as well. The game when he gets in, so when he like when he won the penalty, um, in the first game against Wigan, um, and when he um scored that second goal at the weekend, he seems to have this ability to kind of slow slow time down as a striker, which is a really good sign. It's almost like it is. It's it almost like time stands still for him when he gets into that position. He doesn't snatch it. Up. And he's like the finish for this the second goal was absolutely fantastic, really, to clip it over the keeper. But it's like he's got all the time in the world and he didn't really in that situation when he's being closed down by two defenders and a goalkeeper. But yeah, he's definitely, you know, he's got something about him. I mean, it was good to hear top like Tom on the reaction, because obviously he's not seen him live, he's not seen a game live for ages and come and say, you know you know, what he was saying about him. And it is true, I think, like other teams as well, look at that player and go, he's he's good. He's you got know? everything you need from a, you know, a centre-forward playing up front by himself, which isn't a new thing. I mean, it's more normal now. I mean, we've been doing this for over a decade in this country now, playing playing one strike up front. So that's, that's nothing new. But I always feel like whoever we've had there has always had something missing from their game in order that would have made them like the complete striker in that position. And again, it's context, you know, division three, as you've just said, but he doesn't seem to be, there's not, there's nothing that I look at his game and, and, and I worry about Brad because he's, mm. he, he can work the channels. He can hold the ball. Yeah. Up, he can head the ball. He's, he, you know, he, he's, he's second finish as Gareth said there was, was a lethal finish, you know, with, with his feet. There's, there's nothing, you know, that I look at him and think, oh, I wish he would work on that. He seems to be bringing it all at the moment. He's not your stereotypical six foot six striker, is he? Usually people just say, like Gareth was saying, he, rather than lumping the ball up to him, he is good at breaking the lines. He brings people into play. He, he allows Embleton to have a little, that extra 
second or two or extra yard of space on the ball. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, last season, I know people would have, would have been a little bit judgmental on him. But you've got to remember he came in with an injury as well. Um, so that's taken him a bit of time to get up to speed. For once, he's had a good pre-season in him. Um, long may it continue. I mean, it's a five goal, five games, four goals. Yeah. And we're still, still a little bit short behind him. I think it's a fair to say we're worried about that still. Should he pick up a, a knock or something if we're being... I guess we haven't seen enough of... If we haven't, we haven't seen of a broadhead, have we, to, to mm. know... Um, what he would do if he because he's in a kind of similar situation to where Stuart was last year, so he's coming into the game. He hasn't really, I can't call him replacing Stuart, he's kind of come on alongside in some capacity. So, he got put on alongside him at Burton, didn't he? Because he tried, yeah, he tried frantically I mean, to rescue something from the game in the last home game as well. I think he came, I don't think Stuart came off, I think he played sort of with him. So, it's difficult to know that, isn't it? I mean. You know, I haven't seen enough of Broadhead to, to know what he's like. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the in the window um, with that closing and whether or not if Greg goes, it opens the opportunity for we'll somebody else to come in. in. I find it hard to believe they're not going to bring another centre-forward in. Um, I really, really, I'm convinced they will. But I think, it, you know, sort of both kind of discussed they're not typical centre-forward, six or six centre-forward. Or you look at someone like Vokes, and you look at someone like Weig, and then there was the, the number nine, obviously definitely like a lower quality sort of player at, at Wimbledon um, who played against us the other way. I can't remember what you call him. And the very sort of, the kind of player that we've kind of had in the last few years where, I don't know, it's like, like you saw like Chad Evans as well at Fleetwood and there'll be a number of strikers in the division who are kind of like to say the same kind of thing, yeah, and, and it's a bit, it just, I don't know. It, the I think the the dynamism and the athleticism that Stewart brings. That's the word dynamic. He's more dynamic than yeah. those guys. And, and it, 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 yeah, and I mean, he's like talking about it earlier with the lads saying he looks like Kiefer Moore did in that season at Barnsley in the first year we came down, where he's got that. I thought he was in that game where we won four two. Um, he was fantastic move for them. He was he's just like a monster. He was really difficult to play against, relentless. Um, and that's that's kind of he's very similar because he's quite like he's quite mobile as well for like a big lad. Um, and he get get that same feeling. Um, I think Moore actually is he being linked with the moves to the Premier League. I think. I wonder if that'll happen before tomorrow. Um, just an aside, but it's interesting to see like somebody's obviously three years ago, someone with those tools, he obviously failed in the championship previously, hadn't he? Because I think he'd gone to Rotherham or something and not scored any goals. Uh, or might be in Ipswich. I can't remember. I think he was at Rotherham, went to Ipswich, didn't do very well, dropped back down, went to Barnsley. He's had another go and he's done pretty well, got in the Wales squad regularly. And now he's looking to move to the Premier League. Um, so obviously there's, Quick rise. It, yes, in three years, it just goes to show if you've got the tools and you've got the, you know, in the right team, um, you know, I'm not like obviously not getting ahead of ourselves, but obviously, um, Johnson said himself, didn't he, about him? We could be a 10, 11 million pound player. And I know Lead, Johnson said, for Scotland in the World Cup, as yeah. I was saying. I know, like, I know, well, uh, to be fair, I mean, I know I can see him getting level. the call up, to be honest. Well, I mean, based on 
I mean, Evan, uh, what is it? Chiadam, sorry, he's decent, isn't he? But yeah, Dyke looked like Dykes looked a little bit of a cart horse, didn't he? Um, can't see any reason why Stewart could do a similar job to him, but offer more in terms of that again, that athleticism and dynamism, which which Dykes doesn't offer. But obviously, again, getting how it's diff- it's really difficult to judge how good somebody is in the third division because the leap up is. It's big, so let's hope you know we're massively, massively far behind on this. But if we got promoters, let's hope. You know, you say that. You know, we, he gets we, the everyone says that about the about the 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 golf and class and stuff like that. Rotherham have obviously come back down. Um, well, they've been up and down three times. Six, they've been up down as the last six years. So yeah, three promotions, uh, but, three but who, who, who else has? Most of them have stayed up, haven't they? Hull did, but didn't. I mean, Wickham's but, came back down. Wickham came back down. Wickham, yeah, I mean, they were crap weather. But, but yeah. Hull, was this, did Hull get deducted points over made that up? That was Wigan, wasn't it? Barnsley should have been relegated, yeah, but Wigan, yeah. got, Wigan got the points deduction, which kept Barnsley up, and then they got in the playoffs last year. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's interesting, I think. Uh, you know, the fact we're top of the league again, which will we'll come on to, I think, just makes people see things a little bit differently. We'll, we'll look at the stats behind that. In a bit, I mean, back to the team and the game, I think possibly the first thing people do when the team selection comes out now is check to see if Dan Nail's in midfield. Would you agree with that? It seems yeah. to be it seems to be the main thing that everyone's like, is he playing in midfield or not? Which says a lot about his early impact into the season. I think Dan Nail or nine and Embleton, I think is a good midfield three at this level, to be honest. I think it's a nicely balanced team. Evans, if he's fit, I would put him in there as well. But at the moment, that, that that's all right. And um, you know, one one thing we've 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 always said is the criticism of Sunderland in the last couple of seasons hasn't been getting on the front foot enough. And I think you know, with Embleton and Neil, you've got two players there who are creative players who look to break the lines with the pass. So that um, that's really encouraging as well to see them both involved because Embleton's goal was was something else. Was it was right? basically the, it was fantastic, the, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Reverse Alan Johnston on it. It was like from the other. It was like Johnston used to do that all the time, where he cut inside and bent in the corner, and it was like the same, but obviously with his left. Um, from I mean, throwing as well. Sorry, Corn Brad. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Yeah, I mean that the movement for that for Embleton's goal was brilliant. Quick throw. He's knocked it in. I think was it Gooch, and he's yeah. given it straight back. He took a touch out of his feet, and he's pinged it in the far corner, and it was just like brilliant to see. We were like, having a having a go from outside the box. I mean, we, we scored the week before with uh, Winchester's effort from outside the box, but it's been a while since we've seen people. It's been very like sparse. I, I'm, what comes to my head is maybe led bit of last season, uh, Doncaster, and apart from that, we don't seem to score many from outside or at least have a go. So it's refreshing as well to see the lads having a having a pop from out I there. But... You'll see that with his confidence as well, but the, the, you know. It's 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 good for him and nice for him as well, isn't it? Because we've been frustrated as as fans that he hasn't really managed to sort of nail this place down in the team. And but uh, he'll have been as frustrated as anybody gone out and loan last year. But this is a club, you know, he's been here his 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 whole life, and that must have felt special for him to score for the first time. I in think the stadium of light. I think his performances this season have justified the decision of last season to send him out on loan. It's done him the world of good, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think he. I don't think he was there. Last, I don't think we could. I don't think it was right to play him last year. And I agree with the decision to send him out. And it's worked for us because now we've gone back and he's he's ready. 
He's he's had his run of games somewhere else. Um, he could never get going before at Sunderland for whatever reason that might be with the injuries, especially. So I think it's worked, and he's come back and he's been great. Um, midfield's interesting because again, I think people have this vision of all nine as well. He's going to get into the box and score goals. I think I know we talked about it last week, but. I think the weekend shows again further justification that his skills actually lie more in his defensive game than his attacking game. With he made a few good recovery challenges, um, one in it's particular. Absolutely in the everywhere, half. isn't he? Yeah, I think he goes. You know, he runs around a lot. He's good at sticking his, you know, his head in places. You know, good at getting those last ditch blocks in. And that's fine um, if you've got a couple of creative players alongside. Yeah, side. absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, you need to so want to provide that energy. I think it's more, I think maybe people's perception is he's going to be more of competing for the place where Neil or Embleton are playing, when in fact he's probably competing for a place with Evans. And I yeah. think that's that's his role if he's going to play in midfield, in my opinion. I don't think, I don't, I don't think he's as good with the ball at his feet. Um, his use of the ball isn't as good as maybe those other players in, in Neil and even Winchester I would say is probably more comfortable on the ball um, than, than 9 so I see him as more of an off the ball midfielder if that makes sense more of a reactive midfielder it works, yeah. like I say I think it works I think that's a decent midfield three I, I do think as we've discussed before Evans coming back would there'd be a real decision with, between those two to make I think uh, you've got to think as well we've got Pritchard as well fight waiting to get his, his yeah. chance so it is it's it's good to see we've got some competition there Um, I mean the last few years you, you've always been stuck with the likes of either a lead bit or a scouring or a power <clears throat> not really much to change it up but this time we've got like young lads and one thing we've been crying out for for years is pace and all of them have got that Um, and touching on Dan Neal I mean <laughs> He's another player, like, uh, I don't know, it's been mentioned in the past with Doyle. Dan Neal's another player that's ahead of his years, in my opinion. His vision and his, his, just his all-round game, his ability of passing and picking passes, which <laughs> really aren't there. And yeah. he, I mean, that the, the third goal, he's, he's broke from the halfway line and he's waited, and it was an absolutely perfectly weighted ball to Stewart, just into his feet, one yeah. touch and third goal, I think. And think, about, really. and think about how many of those attacks over the years we've watched and nothing has come of it where you get a breakaway and you're suddenly like, come on, make the pass, make the pass. And it's not always easy to do. And yeah. We normally muck it up and teams generally normally yeah, muck it nobody, up. Nobody but scores you, from 2v1. Yeah, but you, but you, you always... It never happens. With him, you feel when he has it, you think he will get this right. He will play the right ball here. He, know, he knows how much weight to put on the pass. He knows where to put it. A great finish as well, but it's it's... It's really encouraging, really encouraging midfield, isn't it? Um, that that is the thing at the moment that we're taking away from the season, though. the inclusion of Embleton, Neil, and, and Stewart. Would we say? Although another word for Flanagan, do we think? Just in the I mean, I was just about to say that. Yeah. One person I've and I have mentioned it on when I've been speaking to other people. One person who's gone on the radar, maybe it's because Doyle's playing that well, is Flanagan. I mean, Flanagan this season has been faultless. Um, he, is, he is that experienced head at the back and I think a lot of people expected that to be Bailey Wright going into the season but Flanagan for me he's made himself undroppable unfair I think he's always had a bit of an unfair stick to be honest yeah, Flanagan yeah. Don't think it's like certain, like certain players it's just certain players people love no matter what they do and certain people players dislike and Flanagan's one of those on the other side I think but I mean he's he's fine but when he's when he's good, like yeah, I mean when he's playing as well as he is, it's 
he's as good as anyone, really, I think. And, you know, he's, he carries the ball out as well sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think his organisation, especially when you're kind of wrangling as well. Now. You're wrangling, you know, a young backline there, um, or an experienced backline. And obviously, you've got Winchester playing at right back, who is experienced, but isn't the right I'd keep back. him there all season if I could. He's done well, hasn't he? He's I done think well. he's been a different player altogether. And when, when we've been talking to midfielders, would Winchester really fit back into that midfield if you've got the, the five lads we've mentioned all fit and fighting for that shirt? Just keep Winchester at right back. He, he, he's good at going forward. He's good at putting a challenge in. And he seems to have built up a, a good relationship with the, the two centre-halves. Well, so, Gooch as well on the overlaps. So yeah. They've got a really good... Um, Link up Gooch and, and him, probably in terms of their attitude, probably quite similar in terms of the you know getting up and down and wanting to do work at both ends. So I think maybe maybe when he, if you the kind of midfielder Winchester is, um, it's almost like he, the shackles are on a little bit. Yeah. Um, and now it's almost like he's being moved to right back. It's almost like he's been told to go and play on the wing. Is that like, like it's like you're a defender, but you're allowed to go and play up front for the last game of the season. So I think for a laugh. And that's what it's like Winchester almost like he's been moved to right back and he's gone right off you go then. And he's like really seems to be like enjoying and relishing the you know, relishing the challenge and you know, the whole game's in front of you when you're playing there. That's the thing with modern football, isn't it? If you're a fullback, you've you've sort of got that license to yeah. move on and you've got your, you know, your, your, either your one or your two centre mid, holding centre midfielders who will just cover you if you do bomb on. And I think that's how football is these days and I think Winchester enjoys it because he knows he's going to get yeah. forward. He had, very... he, had a, he had a block shot at the weekend, didn't he? Which He scuffed one as well, day. didn't he? He played drag, yeah. dragged one with his left, but again, it's, he, got into the, he got into the position, but he, he's looked great. I mean, It's very um, Craig Gardner struck. Jack Callback, doesn't it? I feel like we've just gone back in time with those debates we were having the same because well, both I'm of those just, players did all right. Gardner in particular was a good guy. He played well right back when he played. Yeah, does more recently. Awesome. More recently, do go nine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. First season in this league, he looked like a, yeah. an experienced right back, but we have to remember he's been out of position the last two or three seasons. So not calling a Jack Ross. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, who 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 is convinced he's a right back? Right, okay, we'll take a little break there, and then we'll come back and we'll just have a little bit of a discussion about uh, the good start of the season at Sunderland. Have had. The Wise Men Say podcast is brought to you in association with From the Terrace Cargo Shorts for a ten percent discount. Enter the code WMS10 at the checkout stage. Or bucket heads. While you do that, check out the From the Terraces podcast, presented by Rory Fallow and Matthew Keeling. T-shirts. For more information, search for From the Terraces on social media. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. Right, top of the league are Sunderland, and um, it's quite insane that that's never happened before. A couple of reasons, I think, for that. Um, I know there's a graphic that we share on our Twitter, um, if you haven't seen it, where we will just continue to update that as the season goes on. Um, we have, so basically we put the, the league table on and we've got a red dotted line that uh, signifies where you would be in the league table with two points per game. Because as we know, that is generally what's accepted um, to be good enough to get you uh, promoted last season, um, Holland Peter and none of them managed it. In fact, I think only Luton have have managed to to 
to break the two points per game since we'll be down here. So it should really um, be enough. Now, what we're also doing on that is we are um, putting where Sunderland have been in in previous seasons at the same point. So that graphic, it's on our, it's on our Twitter feed. Sunderland at the top of the league, um, which perhaps disguises how well we've started in recent years, potentially, because actually any of the Sunderland teams from the, you know, this is the fourth season of being down here, would be top of this current league table with that points total and goal difference total after five games. So, and I think there, there's a couple of reasons for that. I think we've normally already had an international break by now. Um, when I was looking at the league table last year under Phil Parkinson, we drew a couple of games and we won three. And we were only about fourth in the table at this point, but we had a game in hand. So I'm thinking it must have been the international week break, which is coming up now, which is why we've always seen the player catch up. So this is not me being negative. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, you know, reminding people that we've been here before because that last season... Um, we'd already beaten Peterborough by this point as well. Of course, Peterborough went to get promoted as well. So I think what we would say, though, is it's been a tough start, Brad, hasn't it? I think that's fair to say. When we're looking at the the teams above that two-point-per-game line at the moment, Burton, Wigan, Wigan, we've already played them. We've already played three out of those six teams. So that's something you can factor in. The quality of opposition seems to have been better this year. Yeah, definitely. Um I mean, then three teams that like you mentioned there before the season started. I think a lot of people were tipping them to be in the round, maybe the top six to eight. Um, and probably the one game that we lost was probably the best performance of the season, football wise. Um, I think we we outplayed Burton. We done everything but score. Um, but we did score, but it was obviously ruled out. Yeah. Um, but I think that was it is it is good. I mean, we went a goal behind against Wigan, showed character, came straight back. Um, we weathered the storm against Wickham and then really we've not they've not had a sniff against us. It's just uh, I don't want to be negative, but the frustrating thing is getting beat off Burton when we shouldn't have. Um but like you say, we've played three of the fancy teams uh, and we've we've looked well when we've when we've came out of them. Like you say, we're sat top of the league after playing them as well. I, I think you know the Burton result, Gareth, is gonna happen if you change to this sort of front f- football that we'll seem to be doing. It's what we've been saying season after season, it's obvious that Sunderland draw too many games at this level. 17 last season, when, um, you know, 17 last season, um, compared to like eight and nine for Hull and Peterborough, um, far too many. Um, and, you know, you can afford to lose more, can't you? So, you know, like Hull and Peterborough lost 11 games each last season um, and then finished way ahead of Sunderland. So, I almost think like you, you will get the odd result like the Burton one where you're getting on the front foot and you get caught. Yeah. But we fans would rather say that, wouldn't they? Than take the cautious approach and draw all these games and say, you know, it's all right saying, oh, well, we're unbeaten. You know, Sunderland lost fewer games than anybody else in League One last year. It didn't get us anywhere, did it? Well, if you win 30 and lose 16, you get 90 points. So, you know, I mean, you've lost 16 games there. Um, and on paper, you look at that and go... Well, that's a lot of games to lose, but like you say, yeah, if you if you win sort of win three, lose one, win three, lose one, you're probably gonna be in a better position. Um it's in in terms of I know you're talking about, you know, looking at the those stats that are on the, the Twitter account, whatever, but 
I think it was our, it's our best start of the season for 24 years, I think. Factoring, in the, years. factoring in the cup games. Because we would, like, in, in just league form, the, the, the start Jack Ross had would be, they would be better than this Sunderland team on goal difference. Okay. So, so that, that that start thing, I think it goes back to the season. We pissed it on the Peter Reid, possibly, yeah. Yeah, I can only guess if that's, that's true, then it's factoring in cup games because we've won, we've won both cup games as well. So, it's it's good signs, isn't it? I mean, you, to to loot to to only lose one of your first what seven games, yeah. win the rest. It's it, you know you can't complain. Not much to complain about, is it? I mean, no, we'll, we'll, um, go on, Brad. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, and that's even including the team obviously that went up last season and then the league above us, and we've we've. Give the some of the fringe lads a run out, and again they've done themselves well. Especially O'Brien, he's got to be fighting for wanting to, to get. Well, a start we didn't now. even we mention O'Brien, did we? At the start, <laughs> when we were talking about like you know, you mentioned Pritchard coming and stuff, and O'Brien didn't even get a, a look in. Yeah. And he's 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 he scored. He's played two games. He scored one in the first game, and the hat rig in the second game. Yeah, and he, he's got to be thinking. I've got to be deserving of my chance shortly. So that's another one we can. You know, when we're talking with Stuart gets injured, um, mm. O'Brien, maybe he's having a chance because he's got to be full of confidence uh, after that hat trick. So I just hope something doesn't happen like where the the the, the panic and, and and get away from it because I, I think this front foot thing, as we keep talking about, is going to make them. It has, and I know that Lee Johnson's come out and said they've identified that, haven't they? They the, the want to play that way because it gets the fans in the stadium behind it, which you know, we've won. We won all of our home games under Lee Johnson since crowd were allowed back in. Um, I know there's some like false stats of Florida about doesn't Liam Bridcut do an interview last where he was saying some of the fans are a problem, like we haven't heard that one before, and then saying how it's not a coincidence to lose so many games at Stadium Light, which was insane considering the games, the only season we've had down here where we've lost quite a few home games was the one last season where fans weren't allowed in. Every other season we've lost like what, one under Jack Ross at home? Maybe it was one two. Coventry, wasn't it? Yeah, and then maybe two or three the season after that at home. So yeah. th- that that's nonsense. And, and the crowd will get behind that. I just hope that they, they, they keep with it because um, in my mind, Jack Ross played like this as well at first. Now, I don't know when that stopped, perhaps when we lost Josh Madger. He kind of went a little bit more cautious, a little bit more defensive. So I'm, I'm, I'm remembering that right. Um, I, I think know. he did. I think he tried to play more counter attacking. Uh, he was trying to like hold teams out a bit longer and maybe catch them on the break. And that just didn't work. We were just pulling out one alls left, right, and centre. So hmm. I can't see Johnson ever doing that, to be honest. Um, I think he's got them fit, hungry. And as long as, like he said in the pre match, uh, post match, I think it was. The fans stay with them, they're feeding off that. And every player says it. You get another extra five or ten percent when the fans are behind them. Yeah. It does, it feeds into each other, it does. It all does, it definitely does. So I think I think long may that that continue really. Um it's just it's gonna I know I know that it's gonna be frustrating when we don't play next weekend. Um and because isn't there like a host of teams below us on on 10 points. Yeah, they're all on and, 10, aren't they? Yeah, and, uh, you know, so some of them are going to win, aren't they, at the weekend, which means it, this international thing drives us nuts because we always seem to be playing catch-up and the first time we managed to get ourselves in the, in, in, in the, into the top spot and you just know inevitably now 
next weekend, we're probably going to be like fourth or something again. And it is yeah. frustrating that, isn't it, when that happens? But I mean, one of the teams behind us is Chef Wed, so they're, obviously they're not going to be playing. Um, and I, I think it is probably, a, in hindsight, a good decision to call it off if you look at the, the numbers that we've got missing. And Chef Wed's going, going to be one of the fancy teams. I think it, it was a sensible decision. I mean, previous yeah. years we've said it's cost us. Um, the extra games and having to play catch up, but yeah, for me, it's it's the right decision to make. Oh, Horrible yeah. one for Sheffield as well after like losing the a reality check, isn't it? That one when you come down and lost to Morgan, Morgan, wasn't it? And you lose to Morgan, and it's a bit, oh, and then you go into a national break, you haven't got a game for two weeks. Then you sit and stewing about the fact you've been beaten off a team who were in the fourth tier last year, so. You know, it's a, that's a familiar thing, not so much a defeat, but that sort of realisation where actually maybe it's not going to be quite as easy as we'd hoped. Um, another one that I, well, fancied with at the start of the season, Sheffield Wednesday, which I was a bit surprised at because when you look at the squad, they've got some, like, really good players for this level, especially, so... They kept a lot of the squad, didn't they, from yeah, last they season? Yeah, they did. I think the people were expecting them to sort of disintegrate and they got a good manager as well for the, for this level, so... He was rather would have stayed up had they not had the points reduction, wouldn't they, last year? Yeah. Um, so I don't think, I think off the pitch stuff there probably gives the idea that it's, you know, well, you know, they're, they're going to struggle. But in reality, that hasn't been the case. Um, it's good to see Ipswich yeah. still continue to struggle, isn't it? I don't know why I think yeah. that, I just do. I mean, I mean, that's a funny one, that as well, isn't it? I mean, they were really fancy, there. weren't they, before a ball was kicked and it just been poor. Um, yeah. That's fine for me. Like It's one less team to worry about in and around us. Um, yeah. But a lot of teams at the top did drop points. I think we, we were the only ones in the top four or five to win. I think Oxford won, um, didn't they? Oxford, I, and then Pompey obviously dropped points. And, yeah. So yeah. Portsmouth look a bit more... You know what... <laughs> A little bit more boring, if that makes sense of what, like, it's going to be a lot of one nils. I know they were talking about, I don't know if it's going to happen, but about Ronan Curtis potentially leaving them. Um, I know there was reading stories that there was interest in him. Whether that transpires or not, I guess we'll see. Um, but he's always a bit of a, an irritant, even if he doesn't play that well in the day. He's like one of those players who sort of a bit of a Lyndon Gooch in a way, probably, where, you know, you never know what you're going to get from him, but at the same time, it's he's always a bit of a... He's a match winner. bit naughty, you know, yeah. and yeah, so, you know, if that's what you want to see, other other teams around you losing their better players. Um, it looks as though we aren't in that position. Um, now, not, not, don't forget, Doncaster's apparently, have they had a bid for Grig accepted? Have they? But they said they need to raise the funds first, so... That was, that I think that, that was announced that's a last That's a great yesterday. approach to life generally, that isn't it? I'll, 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 I'll worry about how I'm going to raise the funds later, but like, yeah. can I buy this off you? Well, should it think what their eBay ratings like? Don't ask the, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't out. I think it was yesterday. left, morning. right, and centre, not paying for them. Yesterday morning, well, there was an article about it and said they don't have the funds just yet. Was like, they've only got two days to raise them, so they better like, get a move on. Mm. Haven't scored a goal yet, Doncaster. Really? Um, yeah, and you think Greg will change that? Well, they've lost four. And drawn one nil nil. Haven't scored a goal. The um, 
they also had a terrible end last season, didn't they? Under the cat, well, they gave the job to a some like youth team guy or something who'd been around the club for years and then did do a very good job. And now the Richie Ryan's been the manager before. He played for them, didn't he? He played for them. He might have been the manager before. I'm not sure. He definitely played for them. Yeah, I thought he might have been the manager before. Um, he might have. He might have done. Yeah. But yeah, either way, he's the manager now, and they haven't obviously started it, very well. So it's a good. It's a good. It'll be. It's a good season for the neural, isn't it? I think if you looked at League One outside this year, you'd be like, "Oof, that's a good. That's a good standard league." Like, oh, the amount of like all Premier League teams that are in there and stuff like that. It's just a shame that we're <laughs> we're, one we're, we're one of them and we're in the heart of it. But um, there's something quite mentally rewarding, isn't there, about being top of the league? It's going to be snatched away from us. I would have thought. You know my you know my weekend. opinions on this, Stephen. Well, no, I get that, and I agree. And five games is 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 you know if you look at the league table again, I was having a look at the league table <clears throat> this year last five season. Games last year, yeah. Whole word to be fair, <laughs> um, but switch the season before. No, sorry, Ipswich. no, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Hull was second. Ipswich were Ipswich had won like five and drawn one of the first six or something. Um, Blackpool were like fourth of bottom. Oxford were bottom, rock bottom. Uh, they got in the playoffs. Oxford in the end, didn't they? Yeah, Oxford didn't. had a horrible yeah. start last season. So we know that, and we know things can change. But there is something still quite just mentally rewarding about the fact we've managed to get ourselves top but um yeah what's people generally just to to wrap it up where are we now like because again remember it's a similar start we have the similar sort of point total every season does it feel a little bit different this year do we think for some of the reasons we've discussed i think maybe the the kind <laughs> of players who are, the kind of players who are playing now for me it does it's a lot of a it's more of a, a youthful and hungry team and uh, I think there's there's a couple in there, obviously the experienced heads, but it, it just seems like there's something different. We're not playing the slow game. We've got that pace that we've been crying out for for three years. Um, but it's an old cliche, five five games a bit early, maybe just judge it after 10 and see where we're at. But yeah, I mean, we've mentioned it. We've played three of the fancy teams and we're still sat top. So for me, long may it continue. The only thing is, the great thing, when it's going well with the younger players, it it's great. There's going to be a challenge at some point in the season for them to cope with some bad results. Um, feel as though that's what I'd be looking to do in the transfer window for could is bring in some experience. I think I know the lads touched on it at the weekend, but Patterson is, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Glued to us, yeah. I mean, it's like he can't Flappy leave the six I've yard. Been using. I mean, he can't come out like he's stuck in a six-yard box. It's like you, you know, starting positions about eight, ten yards, you know, deep. He, he needs to cut. You know, there was a few times where balls bouncing areas. He needs to come in and and take that. And he he doesn't seem to be much of a talker. Um, he looks a little bit meek. So, and that's not you know maybe what needs to happen is if we we need to look if we brought in. If we we're going to spend some money, if they were going to think, right, what's going to do something? What if we went and got a John McLaughlin standard goalkeeper and brought him in? I'd massively fancy us, fancy us to go up because it, it would make it could make a difference. The thing about the amount of points we've lost in the last couple of years through goalkeeping mistakes um, that have cost us, um, I'd be thinking. 
you can eradicate half of those points you drop on top of the the better quality repeat to have in the team. Um, I think that would make a massive difference yeah. in sort of swinging I w- I w- points. I wouldn't argue with that. Although you, again, they're going to go all you out know, until you like, until you guys are running the games though, as well. You, you don't always know. Going back some what as well sometime, but I remember when Tommy Thompson's first started for us as a young keeper, people weren't convinced with him with his first few games, and then look how he ended up. I'm not comparing. I'm not comparing. I'm not saying Tommy that. Sorensen, not... By the way, just making that clear. I'm not having a go, Patterson. I just think, like, I'm not saying he wouldn't be a decent keeper. I just think he's, you know... A lone star might be, do him yeah. a world of good in, like, he a League Two side. Else. Yeah, he should be playing somewhere else. Like, is he better than, say... Like, remember when we had Trevor Carson? Is he better than Trevor Carson? Pro- probably not, when you look at him. So, and he went and played... What, he went on loan to teams in the, you know, fourth tier. And obviously had a bit of a career in the third and fourth tier. And obviously he's in Scotland now, just as an example... Um, but an example of loans that work as well Pickford he went yeah, on loan well, for a couple of yeah. loans and then look at him now I'm not going to say another no. thing I'm not going to say Pick, uh, Patterson is going to be Pickford I think but Pickford might have had a little bit more but... so we've, we've compared Patterson to Pickford and the Tommy Sorensen uh... I think the difference was that <laughs> Pickford was 16 and Patterson is 22 I think so yeah. that's probably it yeah. you know, no, I, I wouldn't disagree with that I think a goalkeeper a centre forward and I could probably do with another winger type, couldn't he? Just as backup as well. Um, yeah. No, that's good. What um, if you get somebody? You could get somebody in, you know, who can play sort of wide and through the middle. Um, but if I, I was going to spend some money, I'd be thinking, I'd be looking at it and going, what's going to give us the best chance? Scoring goals, conceding, stopping conceding goals. And I'd be thinking, can it? Can we get a keeper in? Because here we don't. Then Burge gets properly injured. Because obviously at the moment it's like he must just be carrying a knock or he's nursing something. See, so he got properly injured, and we have to rely on passing. I mean, the fact he's played a few games probably rules us out of the um, the emergency loan um, thing that every other club seems to take advantage of. Um, we've lost that opportunity probably now because he's played some games. So. They definitely, definitely need to go and get a goalkeeper, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with that. We just finished a couple of tributes to finish on. Uh, I think some some sad news, really, in in, in terms of um, a couple of losses of life in the in the world of Sunderland. I know a lot of people who listen to podcast aren't from Sunderland. Uh, most people are probably aware of the first one in particular. That was um, D.F. Harper, wasn't it? Who was in a band with Frankie Frankie and Strings, but more than that, to Sunderland, really very. Culturally, culturally important figure Gareth wasn't he in in, yeah. in 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 the city and what he'd done and yeah and I mean leaves behind a young kid and a wife which is yeah very sad people very like sad that indeed. people like that make a difference to other people's lives without them you know without you don't think about it until it's you know too late so you know Pete you know people like him you know just impact the community so much and it's yeah. going to be a, a massive yeah a massive hole in in that in that sort of that cultural impact on the city. Mm, can't be underestimated, really yeah. can't. Um, and I, you know, people have articulated the, the tributes to him a lot better than we can. There's some, there's some blogs and stuff on, on social media. And then today, as we're speaking, the 30th of August, news came as well that Lance Hardy had, had also sadly passed away. Lance has been on the podcast a few times. 
really nice bloke as a person to say yeah. before we talk about his, yeah. his sort of accomplishments in, 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 in terms of what he's done for Sunderland. But, um, you know, that it's just terribly sad, like I say, you know, yeah. being in the studio with us, done it over this with us. Um, and made the effort, just, you know, he, he got in touch with us and was like, said he'd listen and can he come on? Yeah. Or we would have asked him on anyway, but I think he lived sort of sort of South Yorkshire. So, yeah. you know, obviously you don't like to ask. We, obviously before um, before the COVID times, we, we used to do everything face-to-face. So obviously mm. you wouldn't say, oh, do you fancy just like traveling 130 miles and coming on the podcast? But yeah. he was like, I'm coming up, I'll come up and I'll do it. And he came and, you he know, was, he was great. Nice Lovely blow. blow. Helpful, pull us in touch with a couple of ex- yeah. ex-professional players before we played for Sunderland and stuff like that. Couldn't help enough. I know he was the you know best known for the for being the author of the book Stoke or something in seventy three probably. Um, I know he was involved in some tales from the red and white as well. And um, he was a heavyweight in the media industry. Did a lot of stuff for BBC and produced football focus and stuff like that. But much massive, of the day. much of the day, yeah, massive, massive Sunderland and, fan. Uh, was it? Was... What was the one called? Um, the local one as well. I think he used to produce. That was very short run. I can't remember the name of. He used to be on a Monday night. Yeah, and covered all the local football sort of as well. Yeah, I remember what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So terribly sad as well. So thoughts go out to to the friends and family of both of those people, Dave Harbour and Lance Hardy. Not a nice place to to finish on, but we thought it was important that we just acknowledged that and yeah. said that. So international. I remember break. actually with uh, Dave as well. I think the link's being posted on the Twitter, but there is a crowdfunder set up to to help support his his family so if you've got a you know a spare few quid that you can chuck in because people like that they put the, the time and effort into doing things for other people and you know I'm sure he was probably not at home and you know it's like when you do stuff it's like the, you're like oh I'm just going to do this I'm just going to do that and you put your heart and soul into something and it you know the, you, you get taken away from your family because you, you're passionate about something and you go and do it so you know they've missed out on time and with him because he was doing stuff for, for us. So you know, if you can if spare a few quid, then the links on the, on the Twitter. It is indeed. As always, thanks for listening.